Uh, our next speaker, Simon Mackenzie Nixon, originally from New Zealand. He's completing his PhD in Alzheimer's disease at Bio21 Institute. He's also an accomplished DJ and photographer. And his testament to the fact that scientific understanding of how a thing comes to be does not take away from the enjoyment of that thing, like whiskey. <laughs> so. <clears throat> right, good evening everyone. Uh, as you heard, my name is Simon McKenzie. And uh, firstly, I'd just like to thank the organisers for organising such a cool night, and then also to invite me along to, to speak at it. Now, as you heard, I'm currently studying my PhD in neuroscience at the University of Melbourne, and my science hero has almost nothing to do with this field. Uh, the reason why my science hero is my science hero is not due to scientific accolades or breakthrough discoveries, but his attitude, humility, ethos, and the awe he inspires in me. I'd like to begin a uh, with a quote from him. The nitrogen in our DNA, the calcium in our teeth, the iron in our blood, the carbon in our apple pies were all made from the interiors of collapsing stars. We are made of star stuff. Now some of you may know who my science hero is now. For those of you who don't, that was said by none other than the Carl Sagan in his TV series Cosmos. For those of you who don't know who Carl Sagan is, he was an astrophysicist, astronomer, and cosmologist. He's also a highly published author with over 600 uh, scientific papers, and he's also authored and co-authored over 20 books. He was a proponent of skeptical thinking and the scientific method. He was a science popularizer and an incredibly talented science communicator. Life began in a humble way for our hero. Carl was born in Brooklyn, New York, in 1934 to his father, Samuel, who was an immigrant from Ukraine, and his mother, Rachel, who was a housewife in New York. Carl was raised as a reformed Jew with his, uh, in a small apartment with his family. And while Carl's father wasn't overly religious, his mother definitely believed in God, was active in the local temple, and firmly believed in serving kosher meat. And now Carl is known throughout the world for his sense of awe and wonder when it came to nature and the universe. And Carl attributes this to his father. He fondly recalls attending the 1939 World Fair with his parents, and bearing in mind at this stage he was only four or five years old, there Carl saw exciting exhibit, exhibits such as one that demonstrated that light shone onto a photoelectric cell could create a crackle from a speaker, and that one that showed that sound from a tuning so uh, fork could create a pattern on an oscilloscope. Sagan, ref uh, Sagan reflected on this event and wrote that, plainly, the world held wonders of a kind I'd never guessed. How could a tone become a picture, and how could a light become a noise? At that same fair, Carl saw the burial of the 1930s time capsule, which absolutely captured him, and has resulted in uh, Carl, in later life, creating time capsules of his own to be sent out into deep space. Now, these were the Pioneer plaque and the Voyager Golden Record, which, as his luck would have it, has officially left our solar system and into interstellar deep space on the 12th of September this year. Now from here, Carl had an underlying fascination with the uh, world and the universe in which it found itself. Even from the age of five, Carl was heading to the library by himself. His mother had got him a library card. And the reason this started was because none of his friends, or the appearance for that matter, could tell him what a star was. So he went about finding out himself, and he was absolutely shocked to find out that the sun was a star. And he wrote, 
I went to the librarian and asked for a book about stars, and the answer was stunning. It was that the sun was a star, but was really close, and that the stars were also suns, but were so far away they were just little points of light. At that point, the scale of the universe suddenly opened up to me. It was a kind of religious experience. There was a magnificence to it, a grandeur, a scale which has never left me, never, ever left me. At the age of, this, at the age of six, he was regularly attending the American Museum of Natural History, and specifically the Hayden Planetarium there. And throughout his school life, his parents helped nurture this uh, fascination by buying him chemistry sets and reading material. Now let's fast forward to graduate life. Uh, Carl attended the University of Chicago and studied a Bachelor of Arts and, according to him, nothing, and then <laughs> finished a BSc in Physics the following year, and then a Master's in Physics in 1956, and began a PhD in Astrophysics and Astronomy under the famous planetary scientist uh, Gerard Kupler in 1960. And also, during his uh, studies, he spent some summer months working with the geneticist H.J. Uh, Mueller and actually ended up writing a thesis on the origins of life with him. And then after graduate studies, he became a Miller Fellow at the University of Berkeley for two years and then went on to work at the Smithsonian Observatory in Cambridge, Massachusetts and at the same time was lecturing at Harvard until he got denied tenure at Harvard and then moved to Cornell University and became a full professor. Uh, from the 50s, Carl was an advisor to NASA and he was responsible for briefing the astronauts before spaceflight and during this time he, was, he also taught a course on critical thinking at Cornell University. Carl has achieved much in his cosmological career. He postulated and confirmed the nature of Venus's atmosphere, which at the time went against what a lot of people thought. He analysed the radio emissions from, from Venus and estimated a surface temperature for around 500 degrees Celsius, which was later confirmed via Voyage there, which, funnily enough, he, was, uh, he helped design that spacecraft. Uh, Carl also hypothesised that Saturn's moon, Titan, might have liquid oceans, which again was later confirmed. And uh, even when he was you know, in his prime, he also perceived and predicted the effects of man-made global warming. And he used Venus as a demonstration of what a greenhouse-rich atmosphere can do to a planet. And all throughout all of this, Sagan was a, huge, uh, was a researcher and a huge proponent of the possibility of extraterrestrial life. Uh, Carl constantly urged that scientists listen with their radio telescopes for any signs of extraterrestrial life. In 1982, Carl created a uh, petition advocating what uh, was called SETI, or the Search for Extraterrestrial Intelligence. And on this petition, he had the names of 70 scientists, including seven Nobel Prize winners. And he published this uh, in the scientific journal Science. And the SETI Institute still exists today, albeit with significantly less funding and relies heavily on uh, donations. As you might imagine, throughout his career, Carl has received many awards, uh, the most significant being the Public Welfare Medal, uh, which was the highest award of the National Academy of Sciences, and he won this in 1994. However, as I said, it's not for Carl's academic accolades that I admire him so much. It is his scientific advocacy and promotion of science to the public. Carl wrote and produced the highly successful 13-part series called Cosmos, A Personal Voyage, which aired on, ABC, uh, on PBS, and won an Emmy and a Peabody, and as of 2009, was the most watched series in the history of PBS. Carl also wrote several books, including Cosmos, which reflected and expanded upon the TV show, and is now the best-selling science book ever in English. Uh, he's also written books, The Dragons of Eden, Speculations on the Evolution of Human Intelligence, and Brocker's Brain, Reflections on the Romance of Science. 
He's also dabbled in fictional writing and wrote the, wrote the best-selling sci-fi novel Contact, which has later been adapted into a film bearing the same name in 97 and starred Jodie Foster. However, in his later life, Carl suffered from myelodysplasia and after receiving three bone marrow transplants, he fell ill with pneumonia and died at the age of 62. Posthumous recognition of Carl has been immense. There is a Sagan Planet Walk exhibition, which was open in New York, and is a walk-through scale model of the solar system and extends for 1.2 kilometres. The landing site at the Mars Pathfinder uh, spacecraft was named the Carl Sagan Memorial Station. The asteroid 2709 Sagan was named in his honour. In 2001, the Ames Research Centre dedicated the site for the Carl, Carl Sagan Centre for the Study of Life in the Cosmos. And they wrote, Carl was an incredible visionary and now his legacy can be preserved and advanced by a 21st century uh, and education laboratory committed to enhancing our understanding of life in the universe and furthering the cause of exploration for all time. Um, and also, just uh, Carl spoke on the popularisation of science as well, and he said that there are at least two reasons for scientists to talk about what sci their science was about. He said there was naked self-interest was one, because much of the funding came from the public, and the public had a right to know where their money was being spent. But also, scientists increased public excitement about science, there was a good chance of having more supporters. And the other reason was the excitement of communicating one's own excitement about science to others. Uh, Carl was a self-proclaimed agnostic, but a spiritual man, and when he was asked about the compatibility of science and religion, this is what he wrote. Science is not only compatible with spirituality, it is a profound source of spirituality. When we recognise our place in an immensity of light years and in the passage of ages, when we grasp the intricacy, beauty and subtlety of life, then that soaring feeling, that sense of elation and humility combined, is surely spiritual. In recognition of Carl's contribution to science, a social media advocate, Reed Gower, has created a series on YouTube called The Sagan Series. Now, this was done in association with NASA, and it's a series of short three to four minute segments of audio recordings of Carl from his audiobooks and other previous recordings, and it was designed to promote the education, scientific, education and scientific literacy. And I highly recommend, if you're interested, just search The Sagan Series on YouTube. And I'd like to thank you for your attention, listening about Carl, and I'd like to finish with a quote from him. Every one of us is, in the cosmic perspective, precious. If a human disagrees with you, let him live, for in a hundred billion galaxies you will not find another. Thank you. <laughs>